you know what? It's really fun to be here. Campbell with a little stop and go. Gets the roll. And unbelievable how much space he created on that step back. Stolen by Walker. Takes it to the basket for two. That's a sweet move by Campbell Walker. Understanding smart to lead defender. Get to the other side of the rim and lay it in. Oh, man. When you think of the Celtics, you think of championships. Think of winning. Um, and that's what I'm about. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to episode number 47 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. Thanks for tuning in. I know it's your first day back from a long holiday weekend. If you're listening on Monday when this comes out, if you're listening on Tuesday, hope your Monday didn't suck. But overall, I hope you had a great 4th of July. Hope everyone's safe. Hope you saw the fireworks, etc., etc. Hope you had a great time. And I hope you've been enjoying all this NBA free agency nonsense that's been going on for the last week. Over four billion dollars have been given out to NBA players since June 30th at 6 p.m. Absolutely wild. And a lot of things have officially become official on July 6th. Don't ask why. You'll get a headache. But it's here. We have a lot to talk about. Kemba, Cantor, Wanamaker, Tice, Poe, the Frenchman, the Celtics gods. I'm very, very excited. And Summer League, other free agents going other places. We get, we're get we going to break it all down for you in episode 47 of the Band of Branch Podcast. But first, folks, I have some very, very sad and heartbreaking news. That path led to a key trade this afternoon as Davis Bertans has been sent to Washington in a three-team sign-and-trade deal. As a result, Damari Carroll was no longer a free agency signing, meaning the mid-level exception was back up for grabs. So RC and company had roughly $9 million to play with, which resulted in the signing of Marcus Morris for two years worth roughly $20 million. Your stud is Marcus Morris. Stand by your man, Marcus Morris. He's the only good thing you got going 20 games in. Clock down to five. Morris goes right at Thompson. Counted at one. And Morris yells in the Thompson's face. What a song. Marcus Morris. What a tip. Morris with a strong drive and a foul. There's certain players you just like. Start tonight, and man, Brad Stevens looking pretty wise. Mars spins in the lane, gets two. Stand by your man, Marcus Morris. Are you kidding me? He came out guns a blazing, and he was diving on the floor. What are you, Marcus Smart? No, it's Marcus Morris. I loved it. Stand by your mother effing man, Marcus Morris. Man, I'm gonna miss him. I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss Stand By Your Man, Marcus Morris, number 13 in your programs, and number one in my heart. God damn it. I'm going to miss him. He was a good guy. Loved Marcus Morris. I love those contested jumpers. I love how he started every year 
really hot, and then he sucked after the All-Star break, but then he came back together in the playoffs. I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss the heart that he gave, especially in that Buck series. He never gave up. I'm going to miss Marcus Morris, and I'm very happy for him that he's going to a great organization like the San Antonio Spurs, probably back up Rudy Gay. He gets his payday. I'm really, really happy for Stand By Your Man Marcus Morris. I'm going to miss him, and I thank him for everything he, ne- he did in that number 13 Celtics jersey. And if it was up to me, I'd put it in the goddamn rafters. But anyways, speaking of numbers that I'm surprised are not in the rafters, Number eight, Antoine Walker's old jersey number will now be owned by Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker is officially a member of the Boston Celtics. And in plain English, holy shit. Who saw this coming? I I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't think Kemba was going to come here. I didn't think Danny was going to clear out all that cap space and then sign one big free agent. I thought Danny was going to clear out all that cap space and sign a couple reasonable people. Kind of like... Kind of like what the Knicks did with Julius Randle and Bobby Portis. They had a bunch of cap space. They got three or four good guys versus going after one really good guy. So I was very, very, very surprised by that. And I am also very, very happy that Kemba Walker is here. And I'm also ecstatic. And I mean ecstatic. For every single person who has an Antoine Walker jersey still, and you can put it in the laundry once, wash it, Air dry it because those jerseys will shrink, especially like my buddy Carl, who has probably the champion version of the Antoine Walker Celtics jersey where, you know, the shoulders like literally go down to your elbows. That's how that's how dumb and stupid the jerseys were back then. But Kemba Walker is a member of the Boston Celtics, sending a four year deal, averaging, you know, 35 or 34 and then 36 and 38 and 40. But the way I look at it is. It's the Al Horford deal all over again. Al Horford signed, you know, when he left the Atlanta Hawks to come to the Celtics. You know, he made what? F- the the money's not the same, but he basically signed for four years at the age of 28, 29. And I know I just said that, so I'm sorry if, for repeating myself, but it, it's literally the same thing. Al Horford left when he was 33. Kemba will most likely leave for he's 33, whether he wins a championship here or he goes try and find a championship somewhere else. And Kemba Walker is going to be a great player for this team. He's from UConn. You know, he went to UConn originally from New York. And I think all the fans will really, really like him. And let's just start off by saying Kyrie Irving's a better basketball player every day of the week and twice on Sunday. But leadership-wise, personality-wise, being humble, Kemba Walker all day. I think we can all agree with that. Kyrie failed with the leadership. He didn't do a very good job. Kemba's been the number one guy for a very long time. He's played what? Six, seven seasons with the Hornets. He was always the number one guy. And I'm very happy that we have that type of leader coming, especially with Al Horford leaving. And I know a lot of people are bashing Al Horford, where if Al Horford, if Al Horford was really such a great leader, why couldn't he control that locker room? But I think the locker room was lost very early. And that's fair. And I was kind of blinded by it, or I kind of put up my blinders to it. So I, I didn't really accept it, because I, I thought the hype was real with the team last year. And, and it's not. But I think... Danny Ainge getting a guy like Kemba Walker. He's a Jordan guy, so I'm very excited about that. We could probably get some good Jordans and Celtics colors finally. And then Jason Tatum signed with Jordan. Jason Tatum and Kemba were out in London a couple weeks ago with Jordan promoting a brand new line of clothing for Jordan. So I'm, I'm really, really happy about that. And a couple other things I'm really happy about with Kemba on the floor. First of all, the, he stays healthy. He's very durable. He's he only missed six games in the last four seasons. And last year he played 11 or 12 games. I think it was 11 games over 40 minutes. There's only 48 minutes in basketball game, folks. 
And I love that. I absolutely love it. And the thing that I'm mildly obsessed with is he gets to the free throw line a lot. Now, if you remember, during the Bucks series, all I preached was get to the free throw line, get to the free throw line. Actually, hell, even all season, I was preaching, why don't the Celtics attack the basket? Why aren't these guys getting to the rim? Why do they have like the 28th fewest free throw attempts per game? Guess what? Kemba Walker shot 450 free throws last year. Kyrie and Jason Tatum combined took 473. So Kyrie and Kyrie and Jason Tatum combined took 23 more free throws than one Kemba Walker did last year. And Kemba's a pretty good free throw shooter too. He shoots 85% from the line. So I love it. I absolutely love it. Now, the other thing that I'm really excited about, and I know I mentioned that, stating that Ky- uh, Kemba wants to be here, and I'm going to say Kyrie instead of Kemba a couple times, I guarantee it. I really think Kemba wanted to be here because Kemba could have made like $221, $220 million taking a super max deal from the Hornets. I don't know if the Hornets were going to offer him that super max, but he left a lot of money on the table, and he wants to be here. And, I, and, I, and, I'm, really, and I'm really, really happy about that. And obviously, Kemba can score. Kyrie can score, Kemba can score, but when Kemba's the number one guy, he he gets it done. He had 30 to 39 points 21 times last year, and he scored over 40 points six times, including a 60-point game, which is absolutely cre- incredible. Now, he, the thing that I'm a little nervous about, he took 25 shots or more 20 times. And I just don't think that can happen with this team, not with Gordon Hayward on the floor, not with Jalen Brown on the floor, not with Jason Tatum on the floor. Cantor, you know, won't need his shots. Marcus Smart really don't need his shots. But Kemba can't be taking 25 shots per game. I, I, I think we, we can all agree about that. And that's something that I'm, I'm a little nervous about, where Kemba thinks he has to be the number one guy. Because I think we can all relate here that we all think that Jason Tatum is better than Nicholas Batum. We can all agree that Miles Bridges is not the same player as Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's a much better basketball player, and I'm pretty sure that Gordon Hayward has a better jump shot form and a better overall career than Michael Kidd-Gilchrist has, or hell, even Frank Kaminsky. Did I say that right? Yeah, Frank Kaminsky, the kid from Wisconsin that Duke beat in the NCAA Finals. But he now has better talent, so he can't be taking 25 shots a game. So that's what I'm a little nervous about. I'm also a little nervous about his size. Kyrie is actually two inches taller and 10 pounds heavier than Kemba, which I thought was... Because, I mean, if you look at Kyrie, Kyrie's not, like, jacked or built, but when you look at Kemba, Kemba's, like, he's, like, he's cut. But Kyrie's two inches taller, 10 pounds heavier. So size could be an issue, because we all know what the how I feel about Isaiah Thomas and Carson Edwards when it comes to size in the NBA. And the other thing is, obviously, load management. I know it's a terrible excuse, but I could see... Kemba maybe missing 10 games this year rather than, I mean, what did he miss last year? I, I guarantee you probably missed like two games last year, probably even less. Actually, yeah, he played, he didn't miss a game last year. He played all 82 games. He averaged 35 minutes a game, which is absolutely crazy. And the final thing that I'm a little nervous about with Kemba is the playoffs. Kemba hasn't been in the playoffs since 2016. So it's been three years. And in those, in the last time that he played, he played seven games in I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but he had a worse shooting percentage from the floor, from the three-point line, and a lot of turnovers, a lot more turnovers than Kyrie Irving did in the Bucks series. So that's really where Kemba is going to need to shine for this Boston Celtics team with the bright lights. 
sure, there are some reasonable lights down in Charlotte, but we can all agree probably the Charlotte sports atmosphere and the Charlotte sports talk media isn't the same as Boston. So as long as Kemba can take that all in and soak it in, which I think he can because he performed on the biggest stage, the Big East Tournament, in at Madison Square Garden, I literally almost said TD Garden, and I stopped myself, which is why I paused there, so I'm sorry. So Kemba has been on the bright lights. He won an NCAA, NCAA National Championship game in one of those big-ass football stadiums, so I'm happy Kemba's here. I just don't want him to think that he has to be the number one guy that he was down in Charlotte. He's got much better help now. So as long as that all works out, I really and truly think that Kemba Walker is going to be a great thing here. And now... For a brand new segment, a brand new segment that will be happening every single week once the season starts. And here we go. Introducing Canter Banter. Yow! He's a man who loves to get a double-double, but when it comes to the Turkish government, he's in a lot of trouble. It's time for Canter Banter, baby! Wow! right folks canter banter baby i'm all for it what i'm going to do every single week i'm going to combine the amount of rebounds that ennis canter has and then i'm just going to talk about it for let's say he gets 40 rebounds in three games in one week i'm just going to talk about him for 40 seconds and the segment's going to be over that's going to be it so starting in september when the preseason game starts every week we'll have sudden dud of the week banner banter investigation and canter banter baby that's right ennis canter two-year deal 10 mil Second year is a player option, so we might only get one year of Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor will most likely be your starting center for the Boston Celtics. 27 years old, he's playing his 8th or ninth season in the NBA, 6'11", 250 pounds. He can rebound the absolute piss out of a basketball. Sweet baby Jesus, what did we need so bad against the Bucks, the 76ers, basically all season long? was rebounds. When the Celtics won the rebound battle last year, I can't remember how good they were, but I'm going to say that they probably had double the amount of wins than they did losses. So I I bet you they were like 13-10, and 10, if not better, any time that they out-rebounded the other team, especially in the playoffs. They were very good. And this dude right here, he averages in his career 9.8 rebounds per game. Now, last season... You ready for this? Cantor had 13.7 points a game, 9.8 rebounds, and Horford had 13.6 points and 6.7 rebounds. I know everyone says you can't replace Al Horford, and let's be honest, folks, he he can't. He can't. But three more rebounds a game, and technically he scored more points than Al Horford, I don't want to get the hype train going, but the dude's a walking double-double. When he was with the New York Knicks, he averaged a double-double per game. That's like... You know, everyone complained Al Horford doesn't deserve the max money, but Al Horford did so many things off the stat sheet that, I'm sorry, I've had a cold all week, so bear with the sniffles, but Al Horford did so many things that weren't on the stat sheet that were so appreciated by Danny, by Brad, by the fans who, like, know basketball, and I really, really appreciate that from Al Horford, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but Cantor 
is going to fill up that stat sheet, and I think he's going to be really, really good. He's also a very good point, uh, low post scorer. It, he's not as good as Horford is, but he's much better than Aaron Baines because every single time Aaron Baines took like a baby jump hook, I, I cringed. I wanted to die. He doesn't get as physical as Bane in the, in the post, but he's got really good footwork down there, and he can score very, very well. But the one negative, the big, big negative about Enes Kanter is he cannot rebound. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, he can rebound. He cannot defend for the life of him, especially in the pick and roll. He wants that guard on the top of the key, he is on ice skates. He's on ice skates worse than like Chara is or Bergeron, whatever the case may be. He's terrible. He's terrible. And again, he's not that physical when it comes to... He, he can trash talk all day. He can trash talk LeBron. He can trash talk Embiid. But he's not that physical in the post. Where like Sabonis and Miles Turner didn't like the f- physicality in that Pacers playoff series against Horford and Baines. Embiid ain't going to give that type... Um, I'm sorry, Cantor ain't going to give that type of physicality to Embiid or Sabonis or Miles Turner. So that's going to be that's going to be the kind of crappy part about Ennis Cantor. He's not as physical, he's not as good defensively, and he he doesn't average a lot of blocks per game. He's not a he's literally a big guy that can defend and I mean that can rebound and can score. That's it. He can rebound and he can score. He no one no guard is going to be like, oh no, Ennis Cantor's in the paint. I can't go there. He's going to block my shot. No one will ever, ever think that. And the other thing that I really enjoy about Ennis Cantor is he plays with a lot of heart. He actually had a pretty bad shoulder injury in the playoffs when the Blazers were playing the Warriors, I think. Yeah, when the Trailblazers were playing for the Warriors, Cantor got traded from or got bought out from the Knicks and played for the Trailblazers. And he played through it, and I love that. And I think everyone from Boston loves that type of grit and attitude. The one kind of issue that I do have with him is, you can Google this on your own, but he has a really tough issue with the Turkish government. His passport was revoked in 2017 because he supported a certain part of a government official where he probably shouldn't have. Um, And he was very outspoken about it. And he can't, as of right now, hopefully it can change. As of right now, he cannot fly to Canada. So we play the Raptors twice a year, sometimes three times a year in Toronto. And if we were to play them in the playoffs, I mean, who knows if Toronto is going to make the playoffs now because Kawhi Leonard left. But with that being said, he won't be able to play. So in a playoff series, he'd only be able to play three games. Like let's say it goes seven and Toronto has home court. As of right now, he can only play three out of those seven games. So that's really not ideal. His Twitter is very funny. He, he loves to talk crap. Like the past week, he's been trashing Nick Wright from Fox Sports, and it's awesome. And it's very funny. So Ennis Cantor can rebound, he can score, but he cannot defend. So that'll be very, very interesting. And people, speaking about people who can't defend and isn't that physical, Daniel Tice, he got resigned to a two-year deal. It's, it's like the league minimum, so it's like a two-year, like, $9 million deal where he's making, like, four and a half a year, you know, which is fine. It's a little pricey because, to me, it's, like, the same price as Cantor, and Cantor is light years better than Daniel Tice. But Daniel Tice knows the system. There were times where, I mean, Daniel Tice won the stud a a couple times. The stud and dud. He was the stud a couple times last season. There are times where he could play really well. If his three-point shot falls, he's good. He can run the floor, which I know Brad likes, but he's a stick. He can't be physical with Giannis or Embiid or any, like, DeAndre Jordan on the Nets. He can't be physical with 
any of those guys, and that's what kind of stinks about Daniel Tice. But, hey, I mean, the Celtics really didn't have a lot of options at big. They couldn't get Kevin Looney, and we'll talk about that all in a little bit. But Tice is back. Not, like, a huge fan of it. I'm also not, like, pissed about it either. I'm content with it. So welcome back, Daniel Tice. Happy to have you back. And then Brad Wanamaker's coming back on a much smaller deal. I really think Brad Stevens liked Brad Wanamaker last year. I really and truly did, or do. And I think because of the way Kyrie acted and because of the way Terry acted, he couldn't really get him on the floor that much and give him the minutes that I think he deserves. So I think early in the season, upcoming, I think Brad Wanamaker could get a lot of minutes, like, if Romeo Langford isn't ready, you could see like a Brad Wanamaker, Marcus Smart kind of like on the floor together. And Brad Wanamaker doesn't have the best shot in the world, but I feel like he's a reasonable backup to backup point guard. And I'm fine with him coming back. They're going to re- they're going to sign Carson Edwards, I think, to a little bit of a bigger deal than a second round draft pick, which is fine. And it'll be interesting to see if Tremont Waters makes the team as well. But I think with the Brad Watermaker signing, I'm thinking Tremont Waters goes up to Maine and plays for the Red Claws. Now, the thing that I'm actually excited for is the Celtics signed this French center named Vincent Poirier. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but it's spelled P-O-I-R-I-E-R. And I actually took French in high school, and I hated my French teacher, and she hated me too. And we'll get into that in another podcast. But this dude, I feel like, is the jacked mafia version of Daniel Tice, 6'11", 235, 25 years old, and he's actually known Yershon Yabaselli for over a decade, and just real quick, we'll get into the summer league in probably about two or three minutes, but let me just say something real quick, I am over Yabaselli. I'm over the jokes, I'm over the memes, he, that summer league game on Saturday, he sucked, he was terrible, he was forcing, my god, if you haven't gotten it yet, you're not going to get it, I'm over Yabo. If he's on the team this year, he's a waste of space. If he's not on the team, I'm perfectly fine with it. But anyways, he's from France, just like Yabo. And they know each other, so that's good. So hopefully Yabo can help him into the NBA life, just not on how to play in the NBA because Yabo sucks. But here's the thing. Cantor, big rebounder. This dude led the Euro League, which is basically like the best league to play in if you're not in the NBA. He led the Euro League in rebounding and was second team all Euro League. Love it. Love it. Watching some of his videos. Yeah, I watched the videos. He loves the pick and roll. He moves really, really well after he sets the screening and attacks the basket with a lot of strength. Again, not a really good defender in any way, shape, or form, like less than a half a block. Not ideal, but I could see... Because I think Poirier and Tice will probably split the backup center minutes with Time Lord. You know, I could see like Time Lord and Tice out there together for, you know, short four to five minute runs to end the first quarter, those type of things. And I could see Marcus Smart and this Poirier guy, if I'm even spelling, pronouncing it right, but we'll just call him VP. I can see Smart and VP being Smart and Horford alley-oop lobs off pick and rolls part two. Because we all know how much I love those Marcus Smart and Al Horford lobs. Absolutely loved him. The one other thing about VP, if I remember correctly, he played in the 2016 Summer League for the Magic. And I think he played in like one or two games and he scored like six points, had five rebounds in only like 15 minutes. So he's seen some NBA action before. Obviously, the NBA Summer League is not the NBA, but it's pretty close to it. So 
Now that we kind of figure out what's going on with the Celtics team after free agency, what is the lineup going to look like? So right now, your point guards are going to be Kemba Walker, Brad Wanamaker, Carson Edwards. Then your shooting guards, you're going to have Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Romeo Langford. And speaking about Romeo Langford, I don't know if you guys saw this on Celtics Twitter, and what I actually mean by not like weird Celtics Twitter, but like the actual Celtics Twitter page. Romeo Langford is one of those kids when he shoots a basketball, his guide hand, he's a righty, so his left hand, he kind of pushes with his thumb where you're actually supposed to keep. I'm actually like doing it in front of the microphone like you can freaking see it. But anyways, he actually pushes the ball. So he's actually shooting with like six fingers when you only really should be shooting with five fingers. And it's very interesting. So they actually wrapped a ping pong paddle around his entire hand so he could keep his hand straight and he just took shots over and over again to get used to the fact that hey don't use your thumb just use it as a guide hand and that's that so really interesting to see how much Romeo Langford's shot you know changes and how much that will pay off and it also kind of irks me a little bit more about the draft pick you got to change his shooting mechanic and now because of his little thumb issue that he had you know with the surgery that he had guess what? Now he's not going to be playing in the summer league. So we're not going to see this kid play until training camp. And that just, I don't know, just not a big fan of that. But anyways, your small forwards are going to be Gordon Hayward and Shemi Ojale. And then your power forwards will be Jason Tatum, Grant Williams, the kid from Tennessee. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And Yershon Yabaselli. And then your centers will be Cantor, Time Lord, Tice, and Poirier, or VP. So most likely, this is what I'm thinking. Your starting lineup will probably be Kemba, Jalen, Tatum, Hayward, and Ennis Cantor. Not a bad starting five. And then off the bench, your six-man is obviously going to be Marcus Smart. And then you get Langford, Grant Williams, and Time Lord. And I could see maybe another starter like staying out there. Like I could see Smart, Langford, Tatum, Grant, and Time Lord staying out there sometimes. Or, you know, they put Hayward and Smart. Because I think Hayward and Smart actually played pretty well together if you actually look at some of the uh, the lineup stats on NBA.com slash stats. But... So a lot of people have been texting me and was like, all right, can the Celtics make any other moves? And after talking about the lineup, no, there's no more cap space for these guys. They can make very, very small moves. Like they couldn't even, I know a lot of people wanted Boogie. I think this season was Brad getting, this off season was Brad getting character guys. Guys where Brad didn't have to worry about the egos. Brad could just worry about coaching basketball. And obviously Boogie Cousins doesn't fit that. And the Celtics couldn't even afford that $3.5 million contract that the Lakers offered him. So that's interesting. So could Danny trade, you know, like a Jalen Brown in a 2020 pick to get another big man or get another scorer? Sure, absolutely. But the Celtics are going to have to think about what's going on in the future, which we talked about last week with Jalen Brown. Or, I'm sorry, not last week, the last podcast where, hey, guess what? You might have to sign Jalen Brown to a massive deal where he could be making like $25 million a year on average, which is a lot of money for Jalen Brown. So that's why this is a big, big, this is a contract year for Jalen Brown. It's going to be very, very interesting. So before we get in the first summer league game, I just wanted to, I just had a couple quick notes here. The Celtics have three new assistant coaches, Brandon Bailey, who was the main Red Claws head coach last year in the G League. And Joe Mazzula, he was, I've never heard of this before, but he's from Fairmont State. I guess it's a a reasonable college basketball team. And he's actually the one working with Romeo Langford right now with the ping pong paddle and the shots. 
So that'll be interesting to see how that does. And then this is, I think, is so awesome by the Boston Celtics. You know, I'm all about equal rights, and I'm really happy that Kara Larson is going to be the first female assistant coach in team history. I loved watching her on ESPN um, when she covered the NCAA Women's Tournament because the NCAA Women's Final Four is on ESPN. So I love seeing that. And she's also a former Team USA player. I think she's really going to work with the guards a lot like Brad Wanamaker and Carson Edwards and Tremont Waters. She's going to work with those guys because she was a point guard. And I'm really happy that the Celtics did this. The Spurs have one. I'm having a brain fart on her name on her name and I feel so stupid that I'm having a brain fart on her name. But anyway, she's a hell of a coach and I love that more women are getting involved in the in the NBA. I think it's really, really cool. So speaking of, you know, all the new assistant coaches, we gotta talk about Scott Morrison, who is the Celtics Summer League coach, and the Celtics actually beat the Philadelphia 76ers on Saturday night in Vegas. Love to Love to see the Celtics Summer League. I'm a big Summer League guys fan. I love overreacting sometimes. And the Celtics won. They're 1-0. Banner won for the Summer League because they actually it's actually like a tournament now. And it's really cool because all the teams are involved. And I, and I really, really enjoy it. So the Celtics have three more games to play. All the teams play a minimum of four games. And then they kind of go into like tournament mode based on their records. So tomorrow night, July 8th. Or if you're listening on a Tuesday, tonight, July 8th, they're playing the Cavaliers at 7.30 p.m. And you can see that on NBA TV. And then Wednesday, July 8th at 8 p.m., you can see that on ESPN2. They're going to be playing the Denver Nuggets where you can see Bull Bull and Taco Fall play against each other. And by the way, Taco Fall, I mean, obviously the name, the height, the hype, all that stuff is is fun, but he actually played pretty well. He had a couple blocks. He had a couple nice dunks. His footwork's actually somewhat reasonable in the post. He can he ran the floor a couple times. So who knows? Maybe Danny does bring him to training camp, and maybe he can make the team. Who knows? And then the final game is Thursday, July 11th, versus the Grizzlies at 10:30 p.m. on ESPN2, where we could see Brandon Clark. And yes. I hope Brandon Clark drops 100 points in the Celtics because that's who I wanted the Celtics to draft, not Romeo Langford. But anyways, the first summer league game, Robert Williams almost had a double-double, nine points, nine boards. The only thing I didn't like about Robert Williams' game is, or in that game was, he was taking like elbow jumpers, like he was KG, like, you know, like three or four feet behind the elbow. No, dude, get to the basket. Let's work on your inside game first, and then we'll work on the outside game. But he did make a couple of really nice passes, and I was very impressed with his passing ability while he was in the post or attacking the basket. So if that continues, I'm okay, Time Lord, I see you. And I was also impressed with Carson Edwards' physicality defensively because, like I mentioned in episode 46, I was very very, very nervous on how he would get used and abused by bigger guards, and he actually held his own. So I was I was happy to see that. And then finally, Grant Williams. I'm in. If Grant Williams can make corner threes the way Shemi Ojale can make threes, Grant Williams is going to be getting a lot of minutes this season with the Boston Celtics. That kid was vocal defensively, which is obviously something they're going to miss because Horford and Baines were those vocal defensive leaders, obviously with Marcus Smart too, but... If Grant Williams can be that vocal, I'm in. His weak side defense in this game was ridiculous. He's so alert defensively. He can finish very, it's awkward, but he can finish nicely around the rim. He had a couple takes and that I was very impressed with. So I'm all for that. I, I really and truly am. So Grant Williams, props to you, my friend. 
on your very first summer league game. Hopefully you can turn turn it around against the Cavs on July 8th. Now, the thing that everyone needs to figure out is, is this, are the Celtics, I was going to say is the Celtics, but that's not English. Are the Celtics going to be, how can I say this the right way? A title contender, at least in the East. And maybe they, they might. I mean, we'll, we'll start at the bottom. The New York Knicks. <laughs> oh my God, the New York Knicks. They didn't get Durant. They didn't get Kawhi. They got nobody. They got Julius Randle and Bobby Portis. But keep an eye out. They might make a trade to get Russell Westbrook because of the Paul George, Kawhi Leonard going to the Clippers thing. But obviously, they don't have to worry about the Knicks. Okay? Now, there were some random signings in the in the East, Jimmy Butler went to the Heat. It kind of worked out because Whiteside, who's lazy, and Jimmy Butler probably would have killed him because Jimmy Butler does not like lazy people like Andrew Wiggins up in Minnesota or Hassan Whiteside in Miami. He got traded to the Trailblazers, that Hassan Whiteside, that is, for Mo Harkless and Leonard Myers. And so Jimmy Butler is in Miami with Gordon Grodzik and Justice Winslow. And, you know, they could be a good team. I could see them being like a seven or eight seed. I, re- I really can. I th- I think they're a playoff team still. I mean, Jimmy Butler's a baller, and he's always wanted to live in Miami, and he's got it. Then you got the Magic. They re-signed Vujicic, the big man. They made the playoffs last year. They got better. They're probably going to make the playoffs again. You know, I could see them being you know that six seven seed. And then the Wizards signed Isaiah Thomas. You know, good for it. Hopefully, you get a good opportunity. Probably not though. But we we got to focus on. The, the keys, the Bucks. Obviously, they were the number one seed. Robert Lopez added. Wesley Matthews added. Obviously, I'm not concerned about Wesley Matthews. See all four games of when the Celtics swept the Indiana Pacers. He's not that good anymore. He's just a name. But with that being said, even though they added Robert Lopez and they'll have the twin Lopez brothers on the same team, they lost Malcolm Brogdon. Obviously, they didn't need him that badly, especially in the playoffs against the Celtics. But they kept George Hill, and they also re-signed Brooke Lopez. So that's they're they're coming back, and they're going to be good again. But what was kind of weird was Nikolai Mirotic. He left. He went to Spain. Like what? Why are you going to Spain, dude? He turned like he could have got like fifty to sixty million dollars, but no, he went home, played for Spain. Um, I respect that. They also re-signed. Chris Middleton, well-deserved. Chris Middleton, the last two or three years, has been absolutely unbelievable. Even not not just against the Celtics, he's an all-star, well-deserved. Giannis' contract is up, I think, not this summer, but the following summer in 2021. (coughs) Excuse me. And the Bucs, I mean, are the Bucs going to win, like, you know, what did they win, like 60 games last year? I don't know. I don't think they are because I think the NBA is much more balanced. The balance, the balance, in the NBA is the best it's been in a really, really long time. So I don't know if the Bucks will get 60 wins again. Could I see them being the number one seed again? Absolutely. Then you go to the Philadelphia 76ers. They gained Josh Richardson through the sign and trade with Jimmy Butler. And then they gained Al Horford. And I'm really shocked and hurt by the Al Horford news. Al Horford deserves the world. I loved Al Horford. I loved everything about Al Horford. We talked about it in episode 46. True professional. I'll miss him dearly. But to go to the 76ers 
I know he got a good chunk of change. He's like four years, 100-some-odd mil with like $12 million guaranteed if they make the finals or something. Something crazy like that. That's going to hurt. He's going to turn Embiid into a monster. Horford would wear down Embiid every single day of the week and twice on Sunday. Embiid is owned by Al Horford. And now Al Horford can teach Embiid, and Embiid's going to be even better, and that's scary. But the thing is, they lost J.J. Redick, they lost T.J. McConnell, they lost Jimmy Butler, and they lost Boban, but they were able to re-sign Tobias Harris, and then they extended Ben Simmons' contract, which I think is a good move. I don't, like, the Ben Simmons thing, Ben Simmons is a freak of an athlete. He has to learn how to shoot, but... To offer Tobias Harris that type of money, like a four-year, $178 million deal or something absolutely ridiculous like that, Tobias Harris this year is going to be making $35 million playing for the Philadelphia 76ers. Last year, LeBron James made $36 million playing for the Los Angeles Lakers. So you're telling me LeBron James is only $1 million better than Tobias Harris? <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. That, that's, that's just not true. It's just not true at all. You know what? Give me a Jimmy Carr laugh, will you? <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah. Tobias Harris is not worth that money, but the 76ers are going to be legit. I don't know what their bench is going to look like, but they're going to be good. No no doubt about it. If they're the two seed, I'm not surprised. Then you have the Toronto Raptors. The Toronto Raptors lost Kawhi Leonard to the Los Angeles Clippers and Danny Green. What's crazy is the Raptors are kind of in a weird situation where right now Kyle Lowry, Marcus Saul, and Serge Ibaka are on their last year of their deals. And they'll probably focus on Siakam and Van Fleet being like their number one and number two guys. Obviously not in that order because Siakam's will be the number one guy and Siakam's current deal is so cheap it, it will make you throw up. But do they get rid of Lowry? Do they get rid of Gasol? Do they get rid of Serge Ibaka? Or do they just do one last run with those guys? I mean, those five guys right there, that's a good little lineup. You know, and uh, who, they signed Rondis Hollis-Jefferson today, I believe, and I'm recording this on Sunday, but they signed Rondis Hollis-Jefferson. Obviously, he's not Kawhi Leonard, but he's a good defender. He can help guarding Tobias Harris or Jason Tatum or whatever the case may be. So the Raptors, I think the Celtics can be better than the Raptors this year. So that's why I think the Celtics could be the three seed in the East. But the Pacers had themselves, excuse me, I burped. It's the Banner Branch Podcast. That's what I do. But the Pacers had, I feel like, a pretty sneaky good offseason. They added Malcolm Brogdon, who was good. They took him away from the Bucks, Not too shabby. TJ McConnell, they took away from the Philadelphia 76ers. Jeremy Lamb, who was kind of like Kemba Walker's number two guy. He can shoot the ball better than Wesley Matthews. So that's definitely an improvement. They lost Darren Collinson to retirement, which is crazy because Darren Collinson is, I don't want to say very young, but is a reasonably young player in the NBA. He retired. And then they also lost Brogdon Bogdanovich. He went to the Jazz. The Jazz are loaded this year. They got TJ Warren in the Suns trade the night of the draft. And then Victor Oladipo could be coming back from his gruesome quad injury in December. So the Pacers could be legit as hell. And I... I'm going to be on that, I don't want to say bandwagon because I'm not cheering for the Pacers, but I'm going to be on that wagon saying, watch out for the Pacers, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a Bucks, 76ers, Pacers, Celtics are the four teams 
of the top four teams, and then you get Raptors and then and the Nets. <coughs> Excuse me. And speaking about the Nets, let's talk about the Nets. Kyrie is going to the Nets. Kevin Durant is joining him. Kevin Durant is choosing the number seven. I don't understand that. I, I'm actually angry that I'm talking about it, and I'm actually even more frustrated than I'm even mentioning it. It's why is he choosing the number seven? I don't get it. Just be 35. Just be the, yeah, just, bah. Anyways, they also, which was crazy to me, Kyrie and Kevin Durant took less money so they could play with DeAndre Jordan. I've, the NBA folks, this league, it's, it's absolutely crazy. They lost Angelo Russell to the sign-and-trade to the Warriors, and we'll get into that in a second because I'm going to break down kind of like what happened in the West too. But I obviously <coughs> excuse me, obviously can't keep up with all the moves. I mean, I predicted there were going to be like 27 moves on June 30th after 6 p.m., and there was like 50. So I'm not going to go through all of them. But the Nets obviously were, what, the sixth seed last year? Are they better with Kyrie or are they worse? Who knows? I don't know. But I think the top two spots in the East are pretty much set. It's going to be the Bucks and the 76ers. But then three to like seven, it's going to be wide open. You could have Celtics, Nets, Pacers, Raptors, and maybe the Magic all vying for those spots. It's crazy. It, it's, it's going to be absolutely crazy. And then you have the West. Holy guacamole, what happened to the West? My, oh, me, oh, my. Absolutely insanity. Kawhi Leonard is going to the Los Angeles Clippers, not the Los Angeles Lakers. Doc Rivers is going to be able to coach Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Patrick Beverly. Doc Rivers loves coaching defense and good luck scoring on those three. Patrick Beverly is a hell of a defender. Paul George is a better defender and Kawhi Leonard is a better, better defender. If That's even English. And because of it, they got six draft picks. The Thunder got six draft picks for the Paul George trade. That's insanity. Absolutely insanity. Six draft picks. And, like, good draft picks, too. Reasonable draft picks. Which now means Russell Westbrook might get traded, which then means the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to blow up. Like, they're going to blow up the team and rebuild. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Then, you have the Los Angeles Lakers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, man, everyone thought they were going to get Kawhi. That was so funny. They didn't get Kawhi. So now Anthony Davis, who got his number from LeBron. So now all those people who bought LeBron jerseys last year are going to have to buy new LeBron jerseys this year. That's like one of the annoying things. You know, I respect LeBron James, the basketball player on the court. He's top two best ever. I still think Jordan's better. We're not getting into it. But this this dude is a smart businessman. And it's annoying, but I, I, I respect it. But LeBron James, Anthony Davis are going to be playing with Rajon Rondo, Boogie Cousins, Boogie Cousins signed there, Danny Green signed there, Caldwell Pope signed there, Kyle Kuzma is going to be there. It, like, I'm just waiting for J.R. Smith and Carmelo Anthony to get signed <laughs> to the league. <laughs> oh, my God. Jimmy Carr hit me up one time. <laughs> But yeah, the Los Angeles Lakers, what a, what a joke, what a joke, so, so funny. But anyways, then you got the Jazz. The Jazz, everyone's on the Jazz. The Jazz are like the Western Conference version of the Pacers to me. I mean, they got Mike Conley in the trade. They got Ed Davis, who was a great backup for Rudy Gobert. Then they got former Boston Celtics number eight jersey-wearing legend Jeff Green. 
they got Bogdanovic, but they did lose Ricky Rubio and Derek Favors. I think they upgraded in both of those spots, absolutely. The Nuggets were able to keep Paul Millsap, and they extended Jamal Murray. They might have Michael Porter Jr. back this year because he didn't play his rookie season because of his back surgery, and they wanted to make sure he was healthy. So the Nuggets could be like that number one seed. And then you still got the Warriors. Sure, Clay Thompson's aren't going to come back till March, but they got D'Angelo Russell. They still got Draymond. It's going to be very, very, very interesting. They kept Kevin Looney. The West is going to be wide open. I could see the West being like, God, I don't even know. I could see it being Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Rockets, Lakers, Trailblazers, Spurs. And I feel like I'm free. And the war, like I, I didn't even mention the Warriors, I don't think. Like the West is going to be absolutely bananas. It's wide open. But that's basically going to be it for episode 47 of the Banner Rancher podcast. I hope I kept everyone up to date with all the NBA free agency stuff, especially with the Celtics. Kemba Walker wearing the number eight. You can break out your Antoine Walker jerseys. Ennis Cantor with a brand new segment, Cantor Banter Baby. Daniel Tice is coming back. Brad Wanamaker is coming back. The Celtics Summer League team has three games this week. Hopefully you can check all those out on ESPN2 or NBA TV. They're playing the 6th, the 8th, and yeah, 6th, 8th, and 9th, and then they could be playing longer depending on how their record goes. The next Banner Banter podcast, folks, will probably be out mid-August. I, the very first Banner Banter podcast I did last year was about the schedule. And it's absolutely crazy that I'm going to be doing it again. And that I basically started this podcast a year ago. And I think I need like four or five more listens to get up to 5,000 listens in 47 episodes. Absolutely crazy. So thank you guys so, so much for listening. So I'll talk to you guys in mid-August. And then the Monday after Labor Day, not on Labor Day, but the Monday afterwards, I will start doing weekly podcasts again about the Boston Celtics previewing the team breaking down training camp just like I did last year what am, what am I expecting from each player etc cetera, etc cetera. but it's I think it I think if I could speak right and not stutter like I was in a Joe and mystical song I would say to you it's a good time to be a Boston Celtics fan I think it's going to be an exciting year and we're going to be able to cheer for a team again and I think that's really cool because I think last year a lot of people hated the team and didn't want to cheer for him, and I don't think that's going to be the issue this year. So that's going to be it for this episode of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can find me on the Twitter machine, at BannerBanter18, Facebook and Instagram, at BannerBanterPodcast. Email me at BannerBanterPodcastGmail.com. And, yeah, you can listen to, if you're listening to it on iTunes right now, don't forget you can also listen to it on Spotify, Google Play Music. Obviously, if you're on iTunes, you're probably not listening to Google Play Music. Podbean, SoundCloud, you name it, every podcast app, it's available. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great rest of the summer. Be safe. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night. Good night.